Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Sportscast, where two college students discuss all things Pittsburgh sports all year round. Uh, along with Chris, I'm Ryan, and today, uh, while earlier we did mention that today was going to be all about the Pirates, we will still talk about the Pirates, but first off, we felt that the more urgent uh, point a uh, topic that we would go through would be the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule, which was unveiled last night. Uh, so we figured we'd take about 15 minutes to just run go, run through game by game, see if we can make some good predictions, and then we'll move into what is surely going to be a long rant about the Pirates. Chris... You're ready to make some predictions. I am. All right, so let's get things started right away. Uh, the Steelers open the season week one on Monday night uh, in East Rutherford against the Giants. I think that's a win. I think Steelers have historically performed really well on Monday night. Uh, the Giants will be rolling with Daniel Jones in his second year. He didn't really impress that much. I understand they do have Saquon, but I don't think they have enough enough offensive weapons to really turn our defense. I think uh, the Steelers won. I have to agree with you there. And then the Steelers' home opener is the following week when we play the Denver Broncos. I think that's another win. Again, Denver will be rolling in with second-year QB Drew Locke. I think he played well in the second half of last season, but again, not sure if he can throw in our defense, especially at home with the home opener. Um, so I'll go with 2-0. Uh, see, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that I'm not predi- I'm, I am predicting a win, but uh, I do think this is a game that the Steelers should watch because uh, we know how the Steelers have been trending to underperform against competition and uh drew luck uh if the folks in denver are anything to believe has a pretty high potential uh not saying the broncos are going to get it done i think the steelers will ultimately win but uh it's just a game i don't think you can take for granted agreed so and then i guess we'll go to week three which will be the steelers at the tight Texans. Texans. My bad. Uh, Texans at the Steelers. Um, thoughts? Uh, I think that this is going to be a close game. Uh, I think uh, the Texans could create a bit of problems for the Steelers' defense. We saw them. We saw them uh, go off against the Super Bowl, the eventual Super Bowl champions, in the first quarter. Unfortunately, they fell off the table after that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say we're getting to 3-0. Okay, I do disagree. I think the Texans will win. Um, I think they have some more offensive weapons, and I don't know necessarily if we have enough to compete with them. Um, I think it will be a close game, but I, I do pick the Texans. Fair enough. All right, moving on to week four. The Steelers uh, take on the team that prevented them from reaching the playoffs a season ago. They'll take on the Tennessee Titans. I think this is going to be a really close game. Um, Derrick Henry can really run the football. They can control the clock. Um, That being said, I don't know 
if Ryan Tannehill has enough. Um, so I think by an edge, I'll pick Steelers to go to be three and one. See, I think the Titans will come out on top. I think they will be the Steelers' first slip up of the season. Uh, Ryan Tannehill looked phenomenal uh, with the team last year. If he can keep that up, and I think he will, I think Tennessee's got the edge over Pittsburgh. Okay, then we go to week five, where it is the Philadelphia Eagles coming to uh, Heinz Field to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I think the Steelers will come out on top again. Uh, Obviously, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, kind of a bit bit disappointing after uh, he came in like gangbusters at with his rookie year uh and then of course you know the injuries they had early last season their entire receiving core went down uh but nope i think uh ben roethlisberger will be able to take them down i i agree i do not trust carson wentz um the receiving core even they had that stretch first round pick in jalen rager even though they're other highly talented uh, wide receivers before him to be selected. Um, I don't think the Eagles have enough weapons um, to help pick Steelers to go to be 4-1. Alright, so we both have the Steelers a 4-1 through the first uh, third of the season, I guess. Yep. Third minus a game. Uh, so we'll move into week six. That is the uh, first uh, division matchup of the season against the Cleveland Browns. Now, we remember what happened the last time the Browns played the Steelers first time. A lot of stuff, particularly at the end of the game. Yep. Um, I think this is another close game. Um, I do pick the Steelers at home. Um, I think a lot of this will depend, and honestly, where we haven't seen a down of NFL football um down a training camp even and down a preseason um so you don't necessarily know how baker is gonna play in his third season is he gonna take that step is he gonna regress um so i think that's just kind of difficult to pick without knowledge of baker mayfield but assuming we get the same baker mayfield we got last season i picked the steelers in a close one uh, I think that the Steelers, well, I think the Steelers should should win handily. Um, if you remember that game last year, uh, Duck was quarterback then, and we were able to come out on top, I think, with a full offense, a full healthy offense of Ben, Juju, and uh, hopefully Chase Claypool, uh, the rookie, can make a couple of big-time plays in that game. But, uh... I think I think this game's uh, gonna be not as close as one would think. Okay. But then, then we, we go have... to. Go ahead. You got it. Okay. Then we go to week seven, and we travel to Baltimore for a one o'clock kick. I think we lose this game. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think the Ravens clocked us twice last year. I think the clock us again here. Um, with a healthy Lamar, a healthy Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, is there a potential deadly lineup? 
I think we have a great defense, probably one of the best in the league. I don't know if we can beat them at home. So I'll pick, uh, as much as it pains me to say, I'll pick the Ravens. And the Steelers will be going 5-2 into the bye week. 5-2 and two into the bye week. I agree with you. I think the Ravens have a running core of that deadly rushing trio of Lamar, Ingram, J.K. Dobbins are just going to be too much for the Steelers because, uh, as they say in sports, the best offense will usually beat the best defense. So that, so that being said, uh, the Steelers do have a bye week the week of November 1st. But then, coming out of the bye week, they head to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. See, to me, the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys are so interesting. Their offense is as talented as any in the league. Um, but they don't have a quarterback at the moment. Because Dak Prescott's brother has, um, has recently passed away. Um, he, I think he, I believe he committed suicide. So Dak Prescott has not been in the correct mindset to sign a contract because he's dealing with some major personal issues. Um, they just signed Andy Dalton to back up, who now is rumored because Dak, I think, may not be in the best mental state or emotional state at the moment. Um, there's rumors that Andy Dalton will be starting week one for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think we lose if it's Dak Prescott. Um... I think, even though I think he's very overrated, um, it's, if it's Dalton starting, I think we win because we've owned Dalton. Um, but I'm going to assume Dak will be back and we'll be playing with Zeke and, and Amar, Recooper, and I know they got uh, a really good wide receiver. I forget his name. I think they got Jalen Waddle, if I'm remembering correctly. No, they got CD Lamb, my bad. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I'll pick the Cowboys. Steelers will be 5-3. and three. This is going to be a really close game on the road in uh, Arlington. Uh, I, I do think I do think uh, the Steelers win if it's Andy Dalton at quarterback. Um, I'm leaning Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Um, I do think the Steelers defense will be able. I think the Steelers defense will be able to relatively contain him. Uh, I think it's just going to come down to the offense and how healthy Ben Roethlisberger is at this time because the season, I mean, he will have come off a bye week, but it'll come off of two uh, emotionally draining division games. So hopefully the fatigue does not set in. Then, good. Yeah, I think if if everyone's healthy on both ends, I think uh, Dallas, but just barely. And also, a, a note, we are assuming, um, taking these games, assuming the Steelers are, are healthy. Um, we do know injuries happen, right? And we know Ben could go down, Juju could go down, Connor has an injury history. So we know we probably won't be healthy going into a lot of these games, but we're going to assume we are. That's and that's how we're picking them. Um, then the Bengals will come here on November 15th for a 1 o'clock kick. I think uh, this will be the first time we see Joe Burrow. Um, I know they have some weapons with T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, maybe A.J. Green. Um, but I, I think uh, still with a rookie QB, unless he really blows us away, I think the Steelers will win uh, fairly easily. And we'll get back in the win column after a two-game skid and be 6-3. and three. 
Yeah, I think uh, this is another one of those games where I think the Steelers got to be careful. Got to make sure that they don't uh, take it for granted. Uh, kind of almost reminiscent of that uh, Cleveland game a couple of years ago that ended in a tie. Oh, yeah. uh, that broke Cleveland's uh, 16-game losing streak. I forget how long it was. It was probably even longer than that. Uh, that was Baker Mayfield's uh, first game. That was his, if I'm not mistaken, that was his NFL debut. No. Oh, no. Um, Deshaun Kaiser was still? No, I think it was Tyrod Taylor who started that game. Did Baker sub in? I thought he... he no, sta- I think- I- Baker didn't start till like five or six, dude. Well, that 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 proves my point even more. Uh, that Tyrod Taylor is nowhere. He's he's nowhere near Baker Mayfield, and the Steelers were sleeping. Um, again, I uh, I think they'll win. Obviously, I'm a bit biased, but we you don't know what Joe Burrow's gonna bring to the table, um, especially considering they they won't have too much film on him. Um, but I think the Steelers will prevail ultimately. So okay. going, so going okay. after that, uh, we'll have uh, week uh, eleven, I believe it is. Yes. Against, against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's another one on the road in Jacksonville. I'm gonna tell you right now, we are losing this football game. <laughs> we we are losing this football game. I have zero faith. That Tomlin's going to get us prepared to face uh, Jacksonville. Um, I think we lose this game. I think it's going to be one of those frustrating games when nothing goes right. Um, and we look sluggish. We look unenthused. And I think we go to 6-4. and four. Ooh, that's a that's a bold prediction right there. Uh, obviously, we've had our struggles with Jacksonville in the past. Two playoff losses to them. And that horrendous game... Uh, three years ago, been through what six or five, five interceptions, five turnovers. Uh, I think that the Steelers. I I think the Steelers will be uh, motivated. I don't believe they played Jacksonville since that frustrating loss in the playoffs. You would be correct. We have not. I think they'll be hungry. I think they'll be waiting. I think they'll be prepared, and I think they'll win. Okay. Cool. Cool. All then- right. We go to Thanksgiving Day. Oh, yes, that's right. Thanksgiving Day, an 8-20 kick. Baltimore comes to Heinz Field. Yeah. This is bringing back memories of that Jacoby Jones, Mike Tomlin incident (laughs) that happened. I do believe that was on Thanksgiving as well. I think you are right with that, yes. Yes, of course. Um, My... uh, Mike Tomlin might have to pull that trick off again if the Steelers want to win. I think the Ravens are gonna. I think the Ravens are gonna sweep the Steelers honestly this year. I think, even though the games are home, I I just do not see Lamar. I don't see us being able to stop Lamar and company, even in Pittsburgh, even if there's fans. I don't see it. I'm gonna go with a bold prediction. And say we win this game. Ooh. Um. Always perform well under the lights, unless we're playing the Patriots, of course. Um, I think there's a chance Lamar may be beaten up a little bit. There's a chance that the league might have figured him out. Because um, if I remember, when Cam Newton took the Panthers to the Super Bowl, they had a really good year that year, obviously. I think Cam won the MVP at the league. 
And then the following year, the league figured him out. And he was not the same the following year. And I think Baltimore may fall into that. Um, And after getting spanked by Jacksonville, which I think is going to happen, um, I think the Steelers will have a rebound game. And I think we'll win. Go to 7-4. and four. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I kind of... I- I kind of see. I think. It, I think. Yeah. I think it all depends on uh, the previous week's game because they do have a higher likelihood of winning if they lose to Jacksonville. But and uh, in, in my predictions, they've beaten Jacksonville. Maybe they'd be uh, are not necessarily confident, but uh, I don't think they have that uh, inner drive as much as if they had lost. Uh, I do think Baltimore comes out on top. Anywho, uh, moving into week, uh, what week is this? I think what was seven and I have a screen of seven and four, so I think this is week 13. Uh, yeah, that would be, uh, that would make sense. Uh, it's against the Redskins. It's another home game. One o'clock kick. Chris, your thoughts? Again, I think this could be another trap game. Because the Redskins are awful. And probably will be awful. And in your um, universe, they would have been on a, a great emotional high after their win against Baltimore. Correct. Again, I think this could be a trap game. Um. So... But I'll go with my gut and say we find a way to beat Dwayne Haskins and the Skins and go to eight and four. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree with you there. I uh, uh, given that the Steelers lose in my predictions to Baltimore, I don't see them falling into a trap. I see them uh, beating Washington by at least two possessions. Yeah. Then we go to Sunday night. Uh, we have a Sunday night kick, eight uh, twenty. Um, on NBC, most likely. Be the Steelers and the Bills. Uh, some thoughts, Ryan? I think this game's going to come down to how well the Steelers can deal with cold and uh, particularly snowy environment because uh, this is Buffalo in the midst of December, and I know Pittsburgh can get uh, pretty bad around this time, but Buffalo's practically Canada with how cold and particularly how snowy it is. It could be a rough game. It could be a low-scoring game. Um, and it all comes down to which which defense falter or which offense can break through uh, just one more time than the other. I, this is probably going to be around a, less than 30 points combined, I would think. And um, I think Buffalo has the advantage. I'm giving the edge to Buffalo. I would agree. I think Buffalo wins this game. I uh, think about Buffalo has great defense. They have a competent offense. Got some more weapons for Josh Allen. Uh, I think it's a tough place to play in Buffalo. Buffalo has clearly improved. Um, so I will go roll with you and say Buffalo will take that one. Next week. No, that, yeah, then we go to Monday night. So we have back-to-back night games. And we go to Cincinnati for Monday Night Football. 8-15 kick. Uh, who do you see winning? Uh, I think, um, I think 
the Steelers. I think the Steelers win. I think, I think especially more handily than the first game, which especially if they fall in, especially if that's a trap game. Uh, I think the Steelers will have done their homework on Joe Burrow a bit better than they might have done a game one, given that they played him. I think he'll be figured out uh, relatively easily by. Uh, our coaching staff and I think we should win uh, probably something like 27 to 14 yeah I agree I think we win this one I doubt the Bengals have any fans to come anyway whether COVID-19 exists or not this Bengals fans <laughs> don't up to their uh, well, games. no uh, it'll probably be sold out but it'll they'll, they'll end up playing Renegade because there's so many people there for us yeah yeah I think the Steelers win. I think they won fairly handily, nine and five. Yep, uh, nine and five in my my universe as well. I was adding it up as you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we go to week sixteen. Uh, Colts will come to Heinz Field for the last home game of the regular season. Hopefully, not the last home game of the season. Um, Colts and Steelers. What do you think? Yeah, I, this this actually might be a tough one. Uh, the Colts got a uh, new QB, didn't they? Yeah, they have Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. Uh, this uh, I don't know. The Colts. The this could be a pivotal game, honestly, uh, for a wild card spot because the Ravens look to be uncontested division champions in this. Uh, universe, may or may or maybe in my universe because they swept us. But uh, if the Steelers shouldn't, if the Steelers don't win the division, I think the Colts uh, and the Steelers is a really big game for wild card, determining who gets a higher seed. Of course, we have an extra playoff team, so maybe not as important as it would have been, say, if that happened last year. But uh, ooh. I'd have to go with Pittsburgh just because they're at home. I think these two teams are evenly matched with uh, how they are, but I'm giving Pittsburgh the edge. I think I think you're right. I think this is going to be a close game. I think this game's going to have playoff implications out the wazoo. Um, I think Phillip Rivers will recognize that this may be his last chance at doing something. I think... In a very close game, the Colts win by like a field goal or something. Ooh. And then we would have to have us go to Cleveland, which I think we can and go win. So, aha. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> last games against Cleveland at Cleveland. Yep. Calendar um, year turns over to 2021. I, I think that's going to be a must-win game for us. I think Ben can do it. Ben's been there, done that. I think the Steelers will show up. I don't know. Like, if we don't know what kind of Cleveland we're going to get. But assuming the Browns will be the Browns, um, they'll find a way to, to fail. Um, <laughs> and I think we'll win. And I think we will be 10-6. and six. Yep, my prediction is 11-5. and Because, again, the Steelers will come into Cleveland and take care of business at the end of the season. Um... I think the Steelers will be 11 and 5. Uh, but I think they'll end up the 5 seed as Baltimore 
uh, would win the division with their sweep over them. How many teams get in this year? Seven? Seven. So the Steelers would still be on the road for the wild card game against a division champ. Wait, so... But there's only one bye. Just to make sure, so like the fans who may not have heard know, so the playoff picture is going to look like this. You're going to have the one seed, and they're going to be the only buy. It's only going to be one buy, and it's going to be the one seed. Then you're going to get the other division champs of two, three, four, finishing in who has the best record for those following seeds. Then you're going to get three wildcard teams, again, following in order by record. And then, so you're going to have the second seed, it's going to play the seventh, uh, seventh seed, which will be the last wildcard. Then the third will play the sixth seed. And then the fourth will play the fifth seed with a higher seed having home field advantage. And then we're going to have four teams after the first round. And then the team with the bye will be entered in. And then the one seed would play the lower remaining seed and the two seed would play the higher. Okay, so they're still maintaining reseeding. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. And then everything else after that should be just as it has been. Correct. Okay. So that took a bit longer than we were anticipating. But how long did it take? It took about eh, 25 and a half minutes. That's not awful. No, but you know what? Um, You know, maybe we want to keep ourselves in a better move by spending a bit less time ranting on the pirates. But I guess we can get into that right about now. So shifting topic to the Pittsburgh Pirates... Of course, a lot of questions left to be asked here with the new regime that has been put forth. Uh, of course, Clint Hurdle uh, was fired uh, right before the last game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and as well, and then um, Frank Coonley was also fired shortly after that. And as Neil Huntington was searching to hire his replacement, Neil himself was fired. So a wholesale front office change uh, in terms of executive positions. And they brought on to replace Neil Huntington, they brought on Ben Charrington, uh, who uh, is one of the people that claimed the Red Sox uh, success in recent years uh the prospects he's built andrew benintendi among others and uh derek shelton as well former tampa bay rays hitting coach i believe they hired him from the minnesota twins so derek shelton is our new manager and that means our entire coaching staff has also been replaced um chris uh how, do, how much do you think this is going to impact the Pirates? Of course, the owner remains the same, so for many, this means nothing. But what do you think? Do you think there's any potential that things could change? Um. Okay, I think I'm gonna just going to put a note out here. I think you kind of touched upon it before, but this is where we rant. Um, so I'm going to rant now. Um, no. <laughs> here we go. I mean, I think... Right, here's the thing. I think we should always give the GM and manager, like, a new regime, right? Because this is what this is. I said, this is a new regime from president down. A completely new regime. 
Um, so I think we should always give uh, the new regime a chance for success. Um, but with that being said, um, we have no pitching. And if you're unfamiliar with the sport of baseball, pitching is kind of a big um, deal. <laughs> a big deal. I one would even say a vital thing to have um, success with when it com- when it comes to forming a baseball team. And we just don't have any of it. Remotely, we don't. No matter if you look at starting pitching, it's not good. If you look at middle relief pitching, it's not good. If you look at late inning relief, it's not good. Um, and we've done nothing in free agency to help that. Um, and our pitching was historically bad last season. And it may get worse. Uh, yeah, I know. Because I... our best pitcher is now in prison. Yes. Because he decided it'd be a good idea to become a pedophile. So the only great thought we have is in prison. So I do not see how this goes well. Not to mention, with, again, this is only rumors. So this is not being, you know, official by, by any stretch of the imagination. But remember, they're thinking about, they being Major League Baseball, thinking about going only into three divisions. So the East, the Central, and the West. And with Pittsburgh's ge- geographical location, we'd be in the East, which means we'd have to play the Boston Red Sox. We'd have to play the New York Yankees. We'd have to play the World Series winning Washington Nationals. We'd have to play the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, the Orioles suck. We have to play the Phillies who put up a good fight and the Braves. I mean, the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox can put 27 runs up per inning if they want to against our pitching staff. I mean, to realistically be happy about this or realistically have high expectations, I think's not smart. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I, I think the Pirates didn't, I don't think the Pirates did enough uh, to commit to a rebuild. I I don't see any success happening in the next three to four years. Uh, unfortunately, however, uh, Charrington has not started off on the right foot. Uh, he did trade Starling Marte, uh, which, I, which I thought was necessary. He very clearly wanted out and he had no business wasting his talent on a team as useless, as hopeless as the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Elias Diaz also uh, was dealt as well. Uh, but other than that, uh, I don't see a lot. I didn't. I, I don't see a lot of moves. A uh, big guys like um, uh, I know you and I, Chris, have talked about off the air about my desire uh, to move Josh Bell. Uh, as a matter of fact, I thought the Pirates should have done that at the deadline last year when he was on his hot streak. I thought we could have done well selling him to an AL team and gotten back some lucrative prospects. Um, See, but here, I'm, I'm going to butt in now. But here's my issue with that is now, granted, this may change with, you know, COVID-19 and whether we see fans or not, right? But if you trade Josh Bell, what's the reason to go to PNC Park? Let's see. 
there's there al- is- there's already a fan shortage in the stands. I don't think Josh. That's right. Bell- so you're gonna trade away the only player people actually like. Hey, they the lot. I remember. Uh, I was only nine years old, of course, but I remember the incredible backlash that the Nate McLeod trade received. But guess who rose up from the ashes and uh, ended up succeeding McLeod? in the center field position uh, to become possibly the best center fielder in the history of this franchise. Uh, spoiler alert, his name was Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, he ended up winning an MVP, of course, and uh, making this city care about baseball again. But my point is, yes, uh, you might be trading away your best player now, but who knows what it could lead to in the future, even four years down the line. Which is which was the case with the McLeod trade. See, this is why baseball frustrates me, right? Is because if we look at other sports, let's just take the NHL for example. Okay, our first round pick years ago was a man by the name of Sidney Crosby. May have and heard of ne- him. May have heard of him. And next year's sec- first round pick was a guy you might have heard of him too named Evgeny Malkin. The year before, I mean, before Crosby, you had, again, another player you might have heard of in Marc-Andre Fleury. Right? You have three first-round picks. Granted, they were high first-round picks, but three first-round picks who could make immediate impacts. Fleury, when he was called up, immediate impact. Sidney Crosby, Geno Malkin, Never spent any time in the minors. They just both went into the league. Um, but baseball, you don't do that. It takes... Because you have to remember, when you're talking rebuild for, for baseball, you're talking at least half a decade. Oh, yeah, definitely. Look at how long the Astros were just stuck at the basement of the National League. Right. Central. And it was ugly. It was ugly. And then when they went to the Al West, they got stuck at the bottom there, too. And remember, how many years did it take for us to rebuild the last time we did this? Do you know? Well, I know. 20 years. 21 years. 21. Okay? 21. But that was... That, uh, that was a product of a lot of things. Cam Bonifay was possibly the worst GM uh, but then Dave Littlefield managed to somehow lower the bar even further. But but here's my point, though. It took us 21 years... <laughs> I can't believe that. 21 years to rebuild. What, what gives me faith that it's not going to take another 21? Like, I have no faith in Bob Nutting. Zero. Um, yeah, I, I, negative numbers if possible. Um, that's how much space I have in Bob Nutting. Um, we're talking about trading away the best player on the team. The only player people want to watch. Because um, no one gives a damn about Jacob Stallings. Our pitching staff's a minor league pitching staff. Okay, maybe you have Key Brian Hayes you can call up and play third base. Uh, who's your shortstop? I don't even know. Oh yeah, that new shortstop they Old got. Oh, Cole Tucker, but I mean, he didn't really impress that much last year. Oh, uh, Eric Gonzalez, that guy who 
Eric Gonzalez, who's trash. Sorry to Eric Gonzalez. I don't know you personally, but that's not a personal attack. That's just yeah. why he's on the on the baseball field. It, it's trash. I'm sorry. Not really. I'm speaking truth. It is trash. Um, then you have Adam Frazier, who's halfway decent. You don't want Josh Bell, so he sucks and he just doesn't exist. So you get someone who's trash over there. Well, um, but he's he's still in double or triple A. So he's still in double. Yeah, he has years left. Yeah. Then I, yeah. you have in the outfield, you have Polanco, who's trash. Um, you have Brian Reynolds, who who had a really good rookie year. And then whoever you replace Marte with. Polanco would be in right field. It was, who's center field? Reynolds. Who's left? Yeah, that's where you run into your issue. This I, team's awful. Why do we support this team, Ryan? Yeah, who? Yeah, let's 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 take a look at our acquisitions right here. All right, I have the two major acquisitions that we made in free agency. We got here. Here's Marte's replacement, Gerard Dyson. All right, trash. He's only fast. That's his only ability. Yes. He was fast. He was fast five, six years ago when he was with the Royals. He was a pinch runner in the World Series, and that's his only claim to fame. And that was five years ago. People get old. People lose step. And then, oh, wait a minute. We have a defensive first shortstop. Where have we seen this before? It's JT Riddle. And as we mentioned, yes, it's, it, you know, it, it's nice to have a gold glove caliber shortstop. But guess how much he hit last year? 189. Oh, that's, he should be in the league. Go play Japan or Korea. They can't go there play the KBO. There are a list of pitchers that I could probably count on two hands. Pitchers that could hit better than 189. Oh my, this is trash. Why? Why are we so bad? We, we're gonna suck for another 21 years, is what you're telling But the problem this is, is we might is. not have that long because the lease to PNC Park expires in 2030. We have to figure something out fast or else this team might actually be gone. First of all, who would even want the Pirates? That's the point. Bob or, uh, Bob Nutting has created such a terrible reputation for uh, baseball in this city that no one wants to touch them. And even if they do, he, he has shunned them away. He has scared them all away. I remember about 10 years ago when the Penguins group, Mario, Ron Burkle, they wanted to buy the Pirates. Bob Nutting said they weren't for sale. And um, Mark Cuban at one point used, uh, expressed interest in buying the Pirates. But since then, he has decided against buying the Pirates because of, you know, he doesn't see Pittsburgh as a baseball city. And, you know, I frankly, whenever Nutting or anyone else says Pittsburgh isn't a baseball city, I shut them down real quick by showing them the blackout game in 2013. They got 40,000 people. I've met how many people that were at that game live and said that when they compared it to Steelers AFC Championships and Stanley Cup Finals, that that, a Pirates game, was the best atmosphere that they had ever witnessed live. So yes, this city will embrace baseball. First, a caveat there, I think, is that the Pirates hadn't been there for 21 years. Um... The Penguins and the Steelers have been perennial champions, right? It's it's expected for the Penguins 
especially with the Crosby and Melkin error, to compete for Stanley Cups. It's expected for the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger and the weapons he's had with Mike Tallman to compete for Super Bowl championships. Right? So, I think, and with the Pirates failing for two decades, um, I think that was expected for people to be upset and excited um, because they finally got to see playoff baseball in, in two decades when realistically they get to see the Penguins and the Steelers win championships consistently. Like, let's be real. The last time the... Yeah, so let's do this. So, when the Pirates went on their draft from, like, 92 to 2013, right? The Penguins had won four championships. No, three. They had won three. They had won three championships between between the time that the Pirates made the playoffs and then made them again. The Penguins had won three times. The Steelers had won twice. You know what I'm saying? So you have success with the other organizations. See, and that's the unfortunate part. We, uh, I think that, uh, the owners of the, of the Pirates, they had a bit of time where they were still able to, like, retain that fan base by, uh, you know, spending some money once. Because, uh, for those 20 years, the Pirates, the state of the Pirates had driven the fans into apathy. Uh, the Pirates were this team that you knew what you were going to get every year. You knew they were going to be terrible. Uh, you knew that they were always there if you had nothing to do on a Friday night. And you because... needed to take a girl on a date. You know, you knew where to go for cheap a cheap date. Cheap tickets. Uh, and it, the ballpark was is is magnificent. Great view. One of the best in all the country. Um, but then they got good. And then people started actually having expectations. And that meant that when the Pirates started to fall back into the the ways that they had done things by for those 20 years, the fans actually took notice this time instead of just not caring. For the for the offseason between 15 and 16, they had a 98-win team. They had their core mostly still returning. They had a couple of departures. A.J. Burnett, I remember, retired. Uh, Neil Walker went to the New York Mets in a trade. But they had a really good team, the second best team in baseball. And all they had to do was get that extra, those extra pieces to put them over the top. But what happened? Absolutely nothing. See, I, I, I agree there. I think we had a couple really good years where we could have done something. I think we had a tough division with the Cubs and Cardinals. Um, and got unlucky in the wild card a couple times, I think. But I think, I think apathy, when it comes to the city of Pittsburgh and the Pirates, is a real thing. Because I think if we would go and take a survey amongst Pittsburghers and say, if money wasn't an issue and you could only go to one team's games the rest of your life, who would you go to? And I think... I think it would go Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. I really do. Definitely. And I think, and I hate to say this. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't hate to say it. I, I honestly think that the Steeler and Penguin fan bases are just infinitely stronger than 
the pirates. Oh yeah, look at there was a there was a survey that came out a couple of days ago. The Steelers, out of all every sports team in America, were voted as number number uh, number two passionate sports fans, and the Penguins were ranked number nine. Obviously, the Pirates were found nowhere to be on that list because, <laughs> like they said, look. What, and what I was getting to was after that off season, the fan base. There was a period of time where they were angry, especially, and I think all that anger was vented out uh, with the McCutcheon and Cole trades when it became apparent that the time of contending was over and that the new leaf would be turned over and that the Pirates would not see success for the foreseeable future. And I think once all that anger was left, was let out, now they have, the fans' attitude has regressed back into that apathy that they were stuck in for 20 years. And so the one chance the Pirates had to regain the fans' trust is now gone. Now, if the Pirates decide to do anything, the fans, like, they might not even, I mean, they might not even care anymore. See, I think you're right with that because from a fan perspective, I think, right, because you sucked for 20 years, 20 plus years, then you were good for only three, realistically. You were good, the wild card that we beat the Reds and got them bounced by the Cardinals in the divisional. Then you lost to the Giants. Then you lost to the Cubs. And then you sucked after that. So, you may, technically, I guess, made the playoffs three times. So if you're a hardcore baseball fan that doesn't like the wild card game, you only really made it once. Um... Yeah, and then, like you said, then you sell McCutcheon, you sell Cole, and now you, you suck again for the foreseeable future since rebuilding in baseball takes forever because no one ever trades their triple-A prospects, apparently. You only trade single-A prospects, which means you take five flipping years for anyone to do anything. And that's even if the prospects pan out because sometimes they don't. And then you... Because if you miss on one of these trades, let's be real. If you miss on one of these trades, um, your rebuilding can be set back years because of exactly. how long That's it why takes. The, why do you think it took 21 years? Because the Pirates kept rebuilding. They kept trading. They kept banking on these prospects to get good. Unfortunately, because, like you said, the nature of the structure of organized baseball means that you have to wait five years just to see what you get. And... And you spend those five years building or trying to, you know, uh, tank almost so you can continue to build a core around that player. But then that one prospect doesn't pan out and suddenly you no longer have the incentive to uh, spend on veterans to surround that young talent with. So that's, you know, 20 years, you know, may seem like a long time, but... Uh, when you're looking at baseball, it just flies by. Sucks. It sucks. Because we're going to suck for another 20 years, and that's reality. Uh, it's just... It's, it's frustrating. And that's what I I think it's, like you said, it's it's more frustrating than it was in the twenty original 20-year streak. Because we've seen what we've seen that they could be good again. We've seen what that looks like. We've seen what that can do. 
to reinvigorate a fan base like that and and yet and yet we and then we realize that we can't hit that again so yes we're sinking back into that apathy but i feel like those three years have caused that bit of anger to remain and that's a that's a good thing it's anger is always better than apathy because at least it shows that you care yeah but what can be done about it though because that's long the as, problem and as long as bob nothing's there you're not going to spend money even if you get good again and because that's... let's be real even if we rebuild the core somehow which will take until we're in our flipping 30s at this rate um bro then you still have nothing who won't spend that money on that extra piece to get us a championship. And then you have. And what's also other- frustrating, and I think causes fan apathy, is the Pirates were only good for three years. The Penguins have been good for a decade. A decade plus, they, they've made the playoffs every year since 2007. Right. That's 13 years and won three Stanley Cups in that time. And one, if you really want to be cynical, could argue they could have won a couple more if they really wanted to. Okay. And I don't know if you saw the, the recent surveys that said the Penguins had the fifth best chance to continue to win Stanley Cups in the next five years. Okay? So you still have to cross the Malkin error for the Penguins. And realistically, they could have the Crosby Malkin error for a Penguins fan for about 15 years. You've had Ben Roethlisberger and competitive Steelers games and Steelers teams since he was drafted in 2003. So that's going on how many years, do the math, 17, 18 years of competitive Steeler football. And with the Pirates, even when they did get competitive, it's only three. So if I'm a fan or a Pittsburgher, and I'm saying, what team should I really follow? And I look at it and I say, well, the Pirates have success for three years and now suck again. The Penguins, from realistically, when the Crosby Malkin era will, will be done, will be 15 years. And then the Steelers, since they got the quarterback right, was 17 to 18 years. And both of those long, not only were they long term, Ben brought two Super Bowls, still may bring another. Crosby Malkin has brought three Stanley Cups, still may bring more. And the Pirates, oh, we may be losing another two decades. So why should I spend any money or energy rooting for the Pirates when my rate of return is not going to be as great just by the evidence as my rate of return with the Steelers and or Penguins? It's just... Frustrating does not is not a severe enough word to describe... Like, realistically, the Pittsburgh Pirates are the Cleveland Browns of baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I, obviously, the some people would say the Indians, some people would say uh, the Cubs before they got, they won the title again. The Indians yeah, have really, made a World Series in a lifetime, really, though. I, yeah, 1979, 41 years now, 41 years, we missed the World Series. And we only came, we, we only came close, uh, we only came close, what, six times in the next 41 years? That's where it gets even worse, because, uh, there, there were those three years, 90, 91, 92, and that was it. 
after after 1979, they spent a whole another decade uh, playing terribly, just like they did for two decades. Maybe See? maybe it'll end up being like three decades now. <laughs> One decade, then three good years. Two decades, then three good years. We might be, we might be fifty years old until they're gonna get. Dude, like it's so frustrating because let's view what you just said with some different words. So we've spent thirty years failing for five playoff appearances. Forty years failing. Forty years failing for five playoff appearances. Think about that. Yeah, and that's why I worry about the long-term future of the mere existence of this franchise. Because when 2030 rolls around, if the Pirates haven't gotten things figured out, or a new owner, or something, or nothing ever gives, I'm worried that the city of Pittsburgh will refuse that lease on PNC Park, and nothing will be forced to move to, like, Montreal or someplace. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, you know, I want, I, I, I want to, I want to live in a future where I can take my kids to Pirates games and, you know, you know, people, yeah, the next generation can grow up with baseball the way I did. Um, and I just hope that that can happen. At the rate we're going, that's no guarantee. Yeah, at the, um. At, the, at, at this at that point you have to wonder if you know what if the NBA comes calling dude and... I at this point dude give me an NBA team bro I mean yeah, least, I have... you, you can rebuild a hell of a lot faster in the NBA than you can in MLB plus there's a cap plus there's a cap plus basketball is just fun to watch true dude um... dude Pitt basketball has a better chance of winning a championship in the next decade than the Pirates do. And that's a joke. This is the same Pitt team that went a year in 2018 without winning a conference game. And they have a better chance of winning a championship with Cable and his recruiting than the flipping Pirates do. Yeah. It's a joke. It's it's frustrating. Although... Now, uh, going off topic for a brief moment with the NBA, uh, yeah, bas- bas- no, uh, just a bit. Basketball could be successful here. I remember back in the late 2000s during the, uh, I guess you could call it golden age of pit basketball. Uh, you know, the Pete would sell out every game, even while the every Penguins game. were playing the same night across the way. And that was in the years when the Penguins had just won their cup. Yeah, their the cup. Penguins were right in the middle of that 2009-2010 run, 2008 run. And yet the fans clamored for basketball. I think that right. we're going to see that same thing here. Especially, we're going to continue the sidebar now, apparently. Especially if you take a team. Let's see. Let's take the Phoenix Suns or Charlotte Hornets. Neither one that has a strong fan base or a lot of people who come. Dude, if you... Because we have console because we have the Penguins, so we could do a Blackhawks... I mean, a Chicago Blackhawk Bull situation where you just split your arena. Where... Oh, yeah. They're already... Play their home games at, um... 
what's the arena called? The United Center. The United Center, thank you. And then when the Bulls are on the road, the Blackhawks play at the United Center. It's oh, yeah. to work. Every, it's work. every NBA team does it. For how many decades are we in Chicago? I think they do the same thing in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. The oh, yeah, Timberwolves Chicago. and the Wild split. Yeah, so Chicago. why not? Dude. Now, now we think about it. Flip and sell the Pirates. They suck. <laughs> yeah, sell the Pirates. Bring in the Charlotte Hornets. And then split the console of uh, PPG with the Penguins and the Charlotte Hornets. I'd much rather watch some NBA basketball. <laughs> at least you see some talent. You can see LeBron James. He'd probably be retired by that point. But you get what I'm saying. You can see some star players. Yeah. You can rebuild a hell of a lot quicker. It, Like you said, it's proven that, the, that Pittsburgh likes basketball. Because, yep, it's proven that they like basketball when you're competitive. You can go and you can sell out. You can rebuild quicker. And Bob Nutting, who hates the city to begin with, who hates people, who hates everything except money, um, you can sell him to Montreal for all I care. Uh, I could just imagine him swimming in all of it like Scrooge McDuck. It's... Oh, dude. It's a joke. He's a joke. <sighs> this ownership team's a joke. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I have down in my notes here that the, the 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 bit of optimism is that the the pirates hopefully new pitching coaches will adapt to the stat cast era and the juiced ball era where strikeouts and home runs are at a premium rather than Ray Searidge's pitch to contact philosophy which worked well in the those three years the pirates were good because the ball wasn't as lively, and um, the emphasis was on pitch counts and, uh, you know, guys who could go six, seven, eight innings. So guys like uh, Charlie Morton, you know, the, the infamous ground chuck uh, mantra that he had been given, uh, or even after the Pirates, dynasty, the Pirates three-year period of success ended, Ivan Nova would throw 80 pitches in a complete game, you know? Um, and that obviously, they were A, figured out, and B, pitching to contact is almost obsolete because there's a greater risk of that contact being long and far into the Allegheny River. Uh, but looking at that, even if they, even if they ma- maximize the analytics and maximize the launch angles and uh rev rates and exit velocities you still gotta have the right players to succeed you still gotta and you still gotta add to that core that you've developed and you you still we don't have, have a core that's, that's the issue we traded them away we had well, that's, one with Andrew no, McCutcheon Garrett was, Cole Starling Marte and then we shipped them to different teams across the country I was I was referring to the core that we would be building in the minor but like I said even with the core whatever core you've built you that's not enough you still need other players to surround at least in 2013 we were able to get Marlon Bird Justin Morneau that's why we were able to succeed at the tail end of the season they were big contributors and guided us to the playoffs and I remember that bit those big moments that Marlon Bird had in those playoff in that playoff series in the wild card game so it's been proven that if you add pieces, if you spend that money 
on those acquisitions and you add those pieces at the at the deadline or coming into a big season that you could be successful but i guess nothing just just ruffles his cash huh yeah um pretty pretty much i mean and you remember we had russell martin who was a nice veteran um who's catching for us um yeah yeah we let's be real okay as long as bob nunning is owner it will be a miracle if we win anything yeah the, the three-year success was in spite of bob nutting not because of bob nutting right realist exactly like i said before Pitt bas- Pittman's basketball has a better chance of being uh, a successful dynasty under Jeff Cable than Bob Nutting and the Pirates ever have a chance of winning. That's just reality. Yep. I, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope we're proven wrong, but I just don't see it. Now, at the rate of this discussion, I want to Charlotte Hornets now. <laughs> so, I think that basically does it for our rant on the Pirates. Uh... Chris, uh, do you know of any uh, plans for future episodes? I know we had these first three planned out, but... Um, maybe a couple ideas I could... We'll, I guess we'll discuss uh, later. or Yeah, we'll discuss later. Nothing concrete yet. Um, yeah, we'll really have to see where sports kind of takes us here. Yeah. Um... So yeah, nothing, nothing yet. So we'll keep you guys guessing until we can figure out what kind of content to produce. Yeah, uh, don't forget. All right. So in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PGH Sportscast. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, If you're listening to us on YouTube, that's really easy. Just click that old subscribe button and that notification bell. So you become the first to know when new episodes go up and um comment below your questions if you have any we'll see if we can answer them on the air um if you have questions you can also tweet us like we mentioned before or you could uh email us uh our email is pittsburgh sports podcast at gmail.com you can email us your questions uh we might answer them on the air uh, but in the meantime, uh, Chris, you got any final thoughts? Um, no, I think, I think we said everything we needed to say. All right, then with that, we'll see you sometime next week where we talk about, uh, some sports developments or lack thereof. Until then, for Chris, my name is Ryan and we'll see you next time on the Pittsburgh Sports Cast.